Welcome to another episode of Careers in Crescendo, Lessons for Musicians. Today on the podcast, we're joined by the Kilborn Quartet, a student string quartet from the Eastman School of Music who are winners of an IML mentorship grant and recipients of the Certificate of Achievement in Chamber Music. The IML Mentorship Grant provides matriculated Eastman students with opportunities to receive funding and mentorship to encourage new thinking and the development of innovative ideas in music. The Kilborn Quartet used their funding to support their capstone project, Storytellers, a student composition workshop, which engaged elementary school students in the compositional process to create a new work that was premiered in the spring of 2023 in the Rochester community. I think you'll find their story interesting, inspiring, and a model for how musicians can effectively reach audiences. This conversation took place in the spring of 2023, and we're excited to bring you this episode today. Enjoy! So welcome to Emily Tupper, a violinist in the ensemble and a graduating senior in the class of 2023. Hello. <laughs> and welcome to Chloe Yofan, a senior violin performance major, also graduating this spring. Hi, thank you. And also joining us is Wednesday Shu, a fourth year dual degree student at Eastman and the University of Rochester and uh, graduating the class of 2024. Welcome Wednesday. Hello, thank you for having me. And also the cellist in the quartet, welcome to Noah Janowitz, graduating also in the uh, class of 2023. Thanks for joining us. Hi, happy to be here. And I should say at the time of this recording at, for this program, we're on the cusp of finishing the spring semester and nearing the uh, 2023 commencement ceremony. So I want to congratulate all of our graduating seniors and wish you all well. Uh, but we're here to talk about the work that you've done this year. So first I'll start out just asking the question, how long has this quartet been active? So Emily and I have been playing in a quartet together for the past three years. We started our sophomore year, which is the first year that you can choose uh, your chamber group. And so we played in a quartet with um, another violist and cellist for almost two years. And then actually both of them ended up leaving. So this past year, we were looking for a new violist and cellist, and it just so happened that Wednesday and Noah were also looking for a group. And so this is our first year that we've been together. We actually played a viola quintet in the fall with Adrian Jackson. Um, so it was us four plus Adrian, and then Adrian graduated and so this spring, I guess it's technically our first semester is just a quartet, but um, we've been playing together for two semesters. Certainly sounds like fortuitous timing that you all kind of got together then. What inspired the specific project for this ensemble that you uh, pursued this year and received IML mentorship grant funding for? What was that impetus that, um, you know, brought about the idea to actually engage with students in this way? Um, I can start by answering this and then if any of you want to add on. But so me and Chloe, when we were playing in quartets before, we had done Eastman to Go and we had worked with students. We worked with schools like in the Brighton and Pittsburgh area both years that we did it. 
And one year it was on Zoom, actually, where we were like interacting with the students in their entire class on Zoom. And then the year after that, it was in person. And I think we both just really enjoyed doing that and getting to interact with the students. And I think that inspired wanting to work with students. Um, and I think we wanted to work with a school within the Rochester City School District just because we felt like we would have the most impact there, I think, and just like increasing accessibility to music within um, Rochester versus like a school district kind of in Brighton or Pittsburgh. So I think that was what led us to the Rochester School 15 that we um, ended up working with for this project. And our listeners can know then that uh, the Brighton and Pittsford areas are a little more suburban parts of Rochester. Um, certainly, um, a different different kind of experience than than perhaps the School Fifteen. Um, so, tell us a little bit more about the inception. Then, what led to the name Storytellers? Um, I think I came up with the name. Maybe we were all trying to brainstorm different names because at this point we had sort of come up with the whole project, but we were just trying to find a name for it. Yeah, as Emily said, we were going to work with the elementary school students. And at some point, we also had the idea to commission two pieces by a composer who ended up being Clayton Trumbull, who also is a student at Eastman. We, a long time ago, or not that long ago, a couple years ago, um, when we took entrepreneurial thinking we that was sort of the start of the project and planning for it and so we were thinking about putting on this concert at a library and tying it all in with children's books um and so sort of it all came together and we commissioned these pieces from Clayton to accompany to children's books and so that's where the storyteller's name comes from, because these two pieces were based on children's books. And so it sort of all ties together that way. For those listeners who don't know, entrepreneurial thinking is one of the IML courses um, and has been taught the last several years by former IML director Jim Dozer. Could you speak at all to uh, the impact of that course and how it perhaps lended the right kind of thinking, skill set, and tools to carry out a project like this? I can talk a little about this. So for those who don't know about the coursework that goes along with the um, Certificate of Achievement with Chamber Music, the recipients of this certificate take courses through IML that kind of tie into what it means to be an entrepreneur in the music space. And so these classes like entrepreneurial thinking um, and grant writing kind of tied really well into how we create this project from the ground up and having the framework to know what types of projects would be received well for a particular audience and also the organizational ways that one would go about creating a grant or um, a project like this. So it really prepared us well for um, how we market certain events, um, especially our project. So it really prepared us for kind of creating this. And tell us a little bit more about that certificate of achievement in chamber music. Is that something that um, had been on your radars in the past and something that you had been eager about since you started at Eastman? Or is that something that kind of came up as you engaged through the undergraduate curriculum? Emily and I entered the certificate program a year before Noah and Wednesday, if I'm 
correct? And it's actually a pretty new program. We're the third um, group to do it. And so it's still kind of being cultivated, I guess, as a program. And so when we were sophomores, I think that was the first year actually that it had started and you apply for the certificate at the end of your sophomore year or typically that's what you do but Noah and Wednesday um, since we all decided to play together at the end of our junior year they joined the program um, at that time but yeah I had heard about it and so Emily and I and the two other people at the time that was something that we were interested in because we had been playing together a lot and doing a lot of things that were not required necessarily by the chamber music program. And so we thought it would be a good way to gain more experience and prepare us for a career in chamber music, if that's what we ultimately wanted to do. Originally, um, it didn't come into my radar until the year that, um, or when it was proposed that we were going to play all together and just in the back of my mind i thought it's a really nice because i've never um, experienced eastman to go actually and having it being needing to be one of the requirements and knowing that through that i'll be able to experience what i have not um i thought the chamber certificate was a good way of knowing how the real life application of chamber music project looks like a lot of the times when I'm thinking about, oh, when I become a musician, besides going to orchestra or getting a teaching job, how else could I apply my knowledge in classical music to the world? And what does classical mean to this world, basically? And so that I think this was a really nice experience for me to sort of like give me an affirmation, yes, this is what I can do. I can go out and I know how the process of program and structure a project, bring it to life and then have a nice, like carrying it out. Just having that experience makes me feel like I can actually use what I have in the future as a musician. And is that program something that uh, groups have to be already established and apply for together? Or is that something that people can apply and then find the group to participate in the program with? Um, so generally you do apply as a group. So when me and Chloe applied, we were an established group. But the year before, well, I think the first year of the program, actually, for some reason, I'm not sure if this person was in a group, but they ended up doing it. Just one person received it and they did like a solo project, but I think it was like related to chamber music somehow. Um, so I think initially it is um, intended for groups, established groups to apply for, but also because of our situation, um, Noah and Wednesday joined us later, they were allowed to do it as well. So I think by this point there's in the program, I think they're allowing for kind of like fluctuations. Yeah, I think it is for kind of established chamber groups and groups that want to be playing together at Eastman a lot. So let's return to your project now. We've already, you know, heard a little bit about the intent behind it and the fact that there was this, you know, composition commission. How did you all first encounter uh, Clayton and decide that this is the composer we want to work with? Um, so when we were thinking about the project, we knew that we wanted to work with these kids and like 
go to their school and sort of establish a relationship with them. And so we were thinking about composers at Eastman who would be interested in something like that. And obviously this project was required for our capstone project, but it wouldn't, it's not required for anyone else. And so um, whoever was going to do it with us, we wanted to make sure it was someone who would actually be interested in it and like excited about it. Clayton's a violist also. So we knew him because we're all string players. And so we asked him if he wanted to do the project with us because he would be someone who would be excited about working with kids and things like that. And so we asked him and he said yes, (laughs) which was really nice of him um, to do the project with us. Tell us a little bit more then about um, actually engaging with the students and going through the work that led up to the final performance. What was that experience like? I feel like for me, um, the experience was pretty um, exciting. Of course, walking into the classroom was nervous because we don't know how the students will react to um, our program. I think seeing them participate and absorbing what our like our intended um, like excerpts and all those um, practiced examples. I think that was really rewarding at the moment and afterwards as well. No, I was just gonna say that for like for a project, it was almost like a mini residency at the at school fifteen, um, which was a really cool experience. But so leading up to our capstone concert, we were working with the second and third grade music students of school fifteen. And so this project was based on getting these students' input on how we were going to tell the stories, Max Found Two Sticks and Abby Yo-Yo. Um, and so we chose these books because they were kind of centered around the concept of diversity. And we thought it, would, it tied in really well with the student body of School 15 and kind of encapsulated wanting to go into a school that might not have access to classical music and kind of introducing this to them as something that they can do in the future. So leading up to the concert, we were visiting with the classes and we put on these presentations and kind of had these certain sections within the compositions that Clayton kind of blocked off that um, we asked their help to tell us what certain motives would sound close to like rain falling on on window or um, there was like loud stomping in um, Abioyo, and we were kind of getting their ideas of what sounded most like that in the compositions or like what instrument would be the best fit for kind of showing that motive um, in the composition. So that was kind of their their contribution to um, these compositions. I can just add a couple more things that I was thinking about when Noah was talking, but another reason we chose the books is because both of them also have sort of musical elements to them. So Abby Yo-Yo in that story, the main character plays the ukulele And so Clayton wrote a little part where we would strum our instruments like ukuleles. And then Max Found Two Sticks also had a lot of rhythmic elements. And so for both of these books, we also had a participation section. So in addition to sort of deciding on compositional elements, they would also use percussion to play with us in um, certain sections of the piece. And then also just another thing leading up to it, we were working with 
the music teacher there and he actually was like such a great teacher and he was so supportive of this project and he was also really great at helping us communicate with the kids and sort of yeah we're we aren't music ed majors but we have worked with kids a lot in the past but he was really helpful with sort of steering us in the right direction when we were in the classroom another um, aspect of it was that um, each class that we met with was like split into two and the way that our like residency was working was that we would meet with half the class for like 40-ish minutes and then the other half after and we were basically doing like a similar presentation for both um, but it was just really interesting to kind of do that back to back and it was definitely like a learning experience for us because we had like an idea of what we were going to say and like do and just kind of what Wednesday was saying too you don't know how the students are going to react so a lot of times we would say things kind of to like the first half of the class and then some things did work and they were able to absorb it and other things didn't and then right after we were able to kind of like change what we did or just like alter things slightly to be able to like reach the students better and we did this we were meeting with them over the course of like two and a half weeks basically so it was like a learning experience for us and just like figuring out what to say and like what worked best and also between those two and a half weeks seeing what the students remembered to not like I wasn't expecting them to remember, but you just have no idea. And they were really like very good at remembering the things we did. And they were like very like intuitive and like excited about the things we had done. They'd be like, oh, we're going to do this again. And like, it was just great to like also have that reassurance from them that like we were doing something that was like working and like having an impact. So I think that was cool. It's great that you brought up impact here. It sounds like you were able to uh, glean some things from working with these young people and having these performances. So can you describe a little bit about that impact? Well, yeah, I guess I already touched on this, but I feel like just that they were like remembering things we were saying, I think that shows that they will also remember it like beyond us working with them, just like the musical concepts, I think are something that stuck with them. And also a lot of them for the second grade students, they hadn't started playing string instruments yet, but they do start playing in third grade. So the third grade students that we worked with had just started playing instruments and in our like final performance, some of the students came up to us afterwards and they were like, oh, we have a performance like on like Saturday. And like, it was like, they were excited to hear us play. And in a few days they were gonna also play. So I think like getting to play for them and like having them see live music was something that they, even they like reflected on that like impacted them positively. Yeah, I think it was just nice. Um, sort of what Emily was saying is when we would go into the school and teach them something, like my favorite part of it, I think, was when we would practice the piece all together and we had taught them like their parts that they were going to drum along to and things like that. And so we would practice it and then they would like come in with their rhythm that they were doing. And it like all worked in the way that we planned for it to, which was really fun like that they were there and they were excited to be playing with us then and then like in the class or at the performance some kids would come up to us and say like oh I play the violin too and that was really nice that we like started like them at their age like just starting out and now they're seeing us <laughs> which is something that they could um 
pursue in the future if they wanted to. And so I think they were excited to like have something in common with us, which was really nice. And like, I was excited that I had something in common with them. Seeing them during the performance, having that confidence and that excitement to like actually participate with with us during the performance um, in the piece, I think that's something that I would say quite impactful for kids to being able to build that confidence to show their skills and to really enjoy what they're doing, what they're showing. Um, I just thought that was really like rewarding for us to see and also for them to being be able to like carry on afterwards. Did you know that the University of Rochester has a platform to connect its students, alumni, and parents? Pursue growth and unlock opportunity with the Meliora Collective. Expand your network, share your expertise, find and post jobs, and join the community of the University of Rochester online at thecollective.rochester.edu. And if I remember correctly, you had two public performances of this, correct? You did one at the school and then one at the public library? Um, we So we sort of did a bunch of little things. Our main performance was at the library after one of their school days. And they the kids all came and, or not all of the kids, but the kids who could make it came and played along with us. And in that performance, we also played a few selections from other pieces um we did go to their school one so we went to their school and worked with them over the course of two weeks and then we also went during one of their morning meetings where the entire school meets together and we didn't perform the pieces that we were working on with them at the time but we played a little snippet of something that we were going to play at the concert we talked to the school and said like we're playing with second and third graders so you can come to the concert if you want um and we also just performed the two pieces um at the strong museum um for one of their concert series that ecms does at the strong we sort of taught the audience there how to participate in the pieces for that performance it sounds like then throughout this whole process, you've been engaging with many more people than just that group of second and third graders, right? There's these other audience members, parents, this, um, you know, your wonderful collaborating teacher at School 15. What kind of impact were you able to assess of the project through talking with those individuals aside from that student body? I think um, a lot of times when um, people think of classical music, I well, I come from a family with no classical musicians, so I can tell you they all thought classical music is in a hall, in gorgeous dresses and playing um, Beethoven, Mozart and Brahms, right? But I think through our um, project, hopefully um, they can see playing the violin, the viola and the cello is really more than just on a stage performing under the spotlight. It's also about being able to experience different sounds, how different sounds tells a story or 
express feelings and really music can come into different shape and forms and our instruments are fully capable of doing that the venue also it can be performed at any venue we've performed in schools and libraries in drum museums so it really can come in really different shape or forms and i think that's one of the important messages that we hope that it was disseminated to the parents and as well as the teachers. Certainly sounds like part of the beauty of community engagement, right? That we're really sharing what we do in, in a lot of different contexts. Yeah, I think something that I was worried about going into the project was like, I was worried that the kids and or the teachers and or the parents were going to think like, okay, this random group of students wants to come to our school just for a month and like do this project with our students and take our lesson time. And then like after a month, they'll leave and like the kids won't remember it. And like, why do they even want to come here? And things like that. Like, I was sort of afraid that it wouldn't last with them or they wouldn't understand the goals behind it. But I think also at our performance, um, there were some parents there and we had little feedback forms. Like, if they wanted to give us feedback, they could. And a lot of the parents were really happy with it. They were saying, that they wanted more of this type of thing going on at their school. And like, they were really happy that we were doing it and their kid was really enjoying it. And so that was really nice to see because I didn't want them to think that we were doing it like for selfish reasons or anything like that. So that was something nice that I appreciated. Chloe, you've hit on something really powerful here because, um, you know, you're you're right that, of course, musicians, when we do this kind of engagement work, it's not necessarily from a selfish place, but it, of course, it's always a good thing for us as musicians too, right? We want to be able to have these really wonderful musical experiences and positive moments. Um, and I can say that as a parent as well, that I think there's a lot of us that want our children and want young people to have a real great diversity of experiences in their schooling and not just math class and, you know, the typical lecture and test taking that we might imagine, um, you know, and think back about our own education sometimes. So this community engagement work is certainly a really fantastic part of our musical ecosystem. But I think you'd also agree that the type of work you were engaging in was very, very, very different than just showing up and playing a recital and then leaving, right? And it comes from this place of really thoughtful preparation and engaging performance projects that make this incredibly successful. So what did you all learn then from carrying out this project? Were there lessons learned along the way as you developed it and saw it through? I feel like there was a lot. Um, I think it's just, it's very involved and there was just a lot of steps um, to to the final performance. Um, so I think just like that whole process was like a big learning experience, just like making sure we had everything taken care of because there was just a lot to keep track of. And that was also helpful that there was like four of us kind of doing it, just making sure that we were doing everything that we needed to facilitate it. So I think that's something that 
I learned just how involved it can be and how much goes into it. And um, yeah, just all of the work, I guess, behind it. It's not easy, but it's very rewarding. I also think with this project, there were a lot of moving parts and it was also a lot of communication between our advisors, faculty, staff at the library, staff at, at School 15. So it was a lot of communicating and making sure everyone understood what our project was and why we were doing it and when, where the concert is taking place. So it was a lot of organization and I think everything everything went really well. I mean, the concert was a great success and I think all four of us were really on top of the organizational part and everything went really, really smoothly on that part. So having been through this experience and knowing how much of uh, a labor of love it is, would you do it again? Yeah, I would definitely do it again. I mean, we've been doing this type of thing on a smaller scale for a while, but yeah, it was sort of surprising to me how like this project we've been planning for, for at least a year, if not longer professional quartets go out and do this all the time where they go to schools and I mean maybe not for the length of time that we did it but um the planning was definitely very extensive but I think also to repeat it would be much easier a quartet's not planning a new sort of project like this every time but yeah I really enjoyed it I obviously would do it again Chloe you mentioned that maybe it would not be on this scale could you imagine that this project could have a smaller scale form that could be done in quicker shorter order with the school yeah I mean that's sort of what we did at the strong museum um we read the stories to the audience um and then we showed them little examples of parts from the stories that we put into the music. And then we taught them their participation parts. And then we all performed it together. So that took about, that was like a half hour long concert. So it definitely could be done on a smaller scale. But I think also the one of the main components of the project was like the students helping us sort of decide the different elements, musical elements to put into the compositions, which that took up a large portion of our time. Um, but we, yeah, we sort of did do a little smaller version of it, um, which was nice. Would you have any recommendations then for other musicians who were interested in starting a project like this, but maybe haven't gotten it off the ground yet? Um, I would say... Definitely like starting early, like we've all said, we've kind of been thinking about this for like at least a year. So I think like starting early and um, having a goal in mind from early on, like I think we had a goal for the project and like what we wanted to do. And that kind of led us to figuring out the individual steps. So I think like even just like having an idea and having like a goal and people like committed to that goal is the first step. And then like all of the other individual components you kind of figure it out on the way. I feel like that's a good way of putting it. So I think if we were all committed to it, we like knew ultimately what it was going to be. And then we all figured out throughout the process, like what individually needed to be done. I think one piece of advice that our advisor told us that I really resonated with was making sure that you are collaborating with someone that you really think is going to benefit from a program like this. I think we 
were really thoughtful and intentional about wanting to work with School 15 because we thought it was going to be a really good fit for our project that we were doing. And it, I, we thought that the kids, the students would really like and enjoy a project like this and it would have a really big impact on their education, which I definitely think that it definitely did. And we also understand that there are schools out there that it might not be a good fit and that's okay. But I think doing the research and understanding where schools are located and having those conversations with school staff members and music teachers in those schools, seeing how receptive they are to a program like this, I think is a really important step in kind of bringing a project like this off the ground. So several of you are graduating in just, I guess, now a week and a half. What's next for the Kilbourne Quartet? Is there still the potential for collaboration together or is this mean that we're kind of parting ways well so the three of us are graduating Wednesday has one more year I don't know if everyone wants to share their plans for next year but most of us I think are going to be in different locations where I think we all sort of have different plans for next year individually um, I'm going to grad school but other people have other things and so For now, we're not going to be rehearsing together anymore, (laughs) which is sad. But I mean, we're all musicians and we all do all of the same things. So it's not unlikely that we won't play together in the future, I think. Yeah, I can totally imagine like in a few years ahead, if we just bring this project back together, it would be a really nice reunion and like nostalgic too. (laughs) Well, I trust you will all see each other again. That's certainly something about how small our profession is. You will find each other again some point in the future. It's always kind of surprising to me, the folks I run into after 10 years out of school, we hadn't seen each other since then. So I want to thank you all for sharing your story with me today. This is really fascinating, but I always ask all of our, um, Eastman affiliated peoples to just share a little bit of their favorite memories from their time at Eastman, especially for you graduating seniors to reminisce. So I'll pose that question to you. What are just some favorite memories of your times at Eastman? Emily, let's start with you. Um, I guess this is like on theme, but I feel like my like playing chamber music has been like my favorite experience at Eastman, both like the performances I've had at Eastman, as well as like the ones in like Rochester, like through Eastern to go and like through this project. Yeah, very on theme for what we've been talking about today, but chamber music is like my, probably my favorite experience. So yeah. Yeah, I think we all are going to have similar answers, the, especially the past two years. I mean, I know we only started playing with Noah and Wednesday, but I would say the past two years have been really fun playing chamber, chamber music. And we've been doing a lot of sort of extra things and like putting on full performances and like playing in master classes for some really cool musicians, which has just been really fun. And we like spent a lot of time together. It's always fun. I think rehearsals are always, I don't know, just a good time. And I look forward to seeing everyone every day. So that's my, that was the highlight of my Eastman experience. Yeah, and I'll probably, I mean, we'll 
probably have similar answers, but I will extend that further to um, learning um, from the faculty here um, was really, really helpful and beneficial, um, especially I was going through a phase where I was like, huh, I'm not sure if music's going to be my thing, but under the guidance of many, many um, chamber coaches, just seeing how passionate they are with their music. And also another favorite part um, was the Cleveland Quartet um, reunion. That was when I realized that, wow, it's really a big community, but a small world, like everyone is so connected and everyone learn from each other. And if I could have that connections, if I could just keep on building that bond with other people, I just thought that was probably my favorite part about Eastman, just going from like a quartet and expand and expand and expand to faculty, to future colleagues. And I think that's my highlight of Eastman. Yeah, I was just thinking back to the past two years. I think I have been grateful to have amazing opportunities. I think as a student, student leader, um, being a resident advisor and student alumni ambassador, I've had some incredible experiences over the past few years. And I think going on with these opportunities, I think ties in really well with the Gilmore Quartet and um, being part of the Chamber Music Certificate Program, taking the classes associated with it and all the other performances that we've done outside of Eastman over the past two semesters being together has been just an incredible opportunity. And also working with some of the chamber music coaches, members of the Yin Quartet, Professor Jang, violin professor, she was incredible. Yeah, I think all of, the, all of our mentors have just played a huge part in how we play and um, has really shaped our education. Well, on that note, I want to thank the Kilbourne Quartet for joining us today and discussing their projects. Those who are interested in the IML Mentorship Grant can find out more at iml.esm.rochester.edu. And if for more information on the Certificate of Achievement in Chamber Music, you can visit the Eastman website at esm.rochester.edu. Emily Tupper, one of the violinists, thank you for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. And Chloe Yofan, the other uh, violinist of the Kilbourne Quartet, thanks for being here today. Thank you. Wednesday Shu, the uh, violist of the Kilbourne Quartet. Thanks for joining us on the program. Thank you so much for having us. Of course, Noah Janowicz, cellist of the Kilbourne Quartet. Thanks for being here. Thank you so much. Today's episode of Careers in Crescendo, Lessons for Musicians, was produced by Kelly Jutsum. The music was written and produced by Will Jay, and the artwork designed by Joyce Sang. As always, if you have questions, comments, or ideas for episodes, please contact us via our website at iml.esm.rochester.edu. If you like this episode, share it with your friends and colleagues and leave us a review on your preferred streaming platform. This podcast is a production of the Institute for Music Leadership at the Eastman School of Music. The views expressed in the podcast are the interviewees and do not represent the Eastman School of Music or the Institute for Music Leadership. From the IML, I'm Jeff Dunn. See you next time.